Lays it across. Shot by Yen. Touchdown! Here's number one all right everybody welcome back to the fire and ice podcast it's a great night it's thursday night we have thursday night football there's some good baseball on tonight but the biggest thing is we have hockey news training camps are opening rookie camps have started and tonight i'm just i'm just gonna wing it it's gonna be just enjoyable i'm gonna break down the schedule just talk about some exciting games going on each month and how i think the devils will fare out and then we will be getting into some other other devil related news in terms of the prospect rookie camps and just kind of reflecting on that roster and then we will be getting into some hockey news it's been very busy around the league recently so diving into some of that stuff and that'll wrap up this week's episode. I'm excited for the Devils season to start, as I've mentioned before. I think it's going to be a good season. I think there's a lot to be excited about in terms of this roster. And with the Devils roster, it should just make everybody want to tune in. And everybody should be excited to want to watch this team. And preseason does get underway at the very end of September, starting the 26th, you have Montreal, the Islanders, the Rangers twice, and then you move on to Boston, the Islanders, and Boston again. It's preseason. It's just good to get a feel of the team, what you'll see from certain guys, and you know, just see who will actually make the opening night roster that isn't a core player. Guys fighting for spots predominantly in the bottom six. And we'll also get into some of that with the rookie camps. Um, Hopefully seeing some of those kids make the jump to the big club. But, so just going through the schedule, um, it is going to be pretty exciting. So, opening night for the New Jersey Devils is on October 13th. And they play the Philadelphia Flyers. So, for the month of October, it's actually a fairly, I wouldn't say an easy part of the schedule. But to start off the month... You have Philadelphia, which that that alone should be a win. And then you move on to your home opener versus Detroit, which will definitely be – Detroit's definitely going to be a more competitive team this year based on the additions that they've made this offseason. So that'll just be a great hockey game. Then you have the Ducks, the Islanders, the Sharks, the Capitals at Detroit, and you have two home games – being the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche and the Columbus Blue Jackets out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, out of nine games to start for the month of October. I mean, I really wouldn't I mean the Devils should really only lose maybe three of those games. I think these are all very winnable hockey games to start the season and really get going right out of the gate. I mean, just breaking down what I think the the losses will be. I think you'll maybe come up short to the Colorado Avalanche. Quite possibly lose one of the two against Detroit. And I would say possibly dropping Washington. But those are some pretty solid games out of the gate that the Devils should easily come across and win. Um, Just getting your, your feet wet. You know, two back-to-back home games with Detroit and Anaheim. 
I mean, a lot of exciting things in the month of October. I mean, the Sharks have new jerseys, uh, so that's cool. Uh, you welcome Zegris to town, and you possibly let Vanacek get a crack at his old team. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau comes in, so that should be a fun, you know, a little welcome, you know, after he decided to not sign with the New Jersey Devils. And Colorado comes to town, and that's just, it's Colorado. Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, that whole core, super fun to watch. I mean, Colorado is a high-flying wagon of a team. So to get that early on, just for if you're a fan of hockey in general, you know, just wanting to watch that game will be something too. So we're moving on to November, and that's fun. You have a straight-up Canada swing for five straight games. You have the Canadian, the Western Canadian road trip of Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary to start off. And then the next following week, you have Calgary in town, following by Ottawa and Arizona. I hate the West... Western Conference road trips. I don't know why. I'm just, for some reason, the, the Western Canadian swing isn't usually my favorite. But those are three very good hockey teams. So that'll be a very good test for the Devils just coming out of their original October slate. You have three very good teams back-to-back. You can't sleep on Vancouver, especially with Bruce Boudreau at the helm. I mean, he's going to take that team to a different level offensively. He's always done it with any team he's coached, whether it be the Washington Capitals. He even did it with the Ducks. He did it with with Minnesota. Any team he coaches, and even you saw last year when he did step in, uh, the, the Canucks were better offensively. Uh, going to play the Oilers with Connor McDavid, it's just not easy. In Calgary, we all know what they did. Despite losing their two best players, they ended up, somehow on the better end of things. And overall, that's just a very good hockey team just from top to bottom. So again, it's a very good test. And then the following week, they do the same thing. They, they Calgary, Ottawa, who everybody's talking about right now based on what they've done. Okay, and then you get Arizona. I mean, that should be almost a gimme game. I'm not trying to slander the Arizona Coyotes by any means, but they are the weakest link so far based on what's going on in the month. And then it doesn't get no easier. Um, You have Montreal, Toronto, and then Ottawa the next following week. Montreal, I mean, I think they'll be a little bit more competitive under under Marty St. Louis. I think he, you know, what he did with Cole Caulfield is is it's just something to watch. Like I think he'll get more out of these young guys, and he'll make Montreal a little bit more competitive. Not a playoff team by any means, but they'll be competitive. You play Toronto, and then you get Ottawa again. So really the Devils, like in this month, it's more, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be one of those part of the schedule where you're facing good teams, and it's just kind of good to assess where you're at, like how you compete with better clubs, clubs that are playoff teams, teams that have also gotten better just like yourself and it's overall just a very good test and then you have you you welcome McDavid and Matthews back to back you go at Buffalo which I don't think that's a team to really necessarily sleep on either the way they ended their year and then you finish the month with Washington and your hated crosstown rival New York Rangers overall that's a tough month I'd say um 
not exactly sure how to predict that one to a T. I mean, any road trip can go either way. Like you can travel to Western Canada and lose all three games, or you can come out of the gate and you're just high flying while you're there. It's, it's just tough to gauge based on your travel. They will be finishing up in New Jersey and then traveling there. And I'd say with the first five games of the month, I'd say they at least take three out of the five. They beat Arizona. And then the end of the month could really just go either way. But honestly, it's just a, a very good month to really assess where the Devils are at at that point early in the season. It's the second month. You know, we're hoping they come out of the gate flying. They're hungry. They want to get better. And this second month will just be one of those tests where they can kind of assess where they're at. Moving on to December. This is fun. Nice jam-packed month, it seems. You come home to Nashville. You go to Philly. You have a nice home home stand for two games with uh, Chicago and the Islanders. You're at the Rangers. And then you have a three-game home stand with Dallas, Philly, the Panthers. At Carolina, at Florida, back-to-back home games to the Boston Bruins. And then you're at Pittsburgh. Very interesting month to say the least. It can go uh, another another month where it kind of ends brutal. Starts out kind of easier. Uh, Nashville, I don't think, is necessarily a team to sleep on. Um, that'll be a very good hockey game. I just, I, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, poop on Philly, but I just feel like any game against Philly, I understand maybe a division rival, maybe they'll play better under torts, but I feel like those are winnable. Same with the Islanders. The Islanders are just, I feel like they're just an old and slow team. Obviously, any game on any given night can go any given way. But I really would like to say, based on the first four games, they take three out of those four, I would like to say, at least. And I would say the Islanders game can go either way. And then what a brutal... That that next week is just brutal. You go over the bridge to play the Rangers in your three-game homestand. And I'd say three out of four of those games is just brutal. I mean, the Rangers are just going to be a tough team. The Rangers are a good team. Whether Devils fans want to admit it, whether they want to say, oh, they just rode Igor Shesterkin all year, say what you want. The Rangers were a good hockey team. It just It doesn't matter. I mean, they were one of the worst teams at five-on-five, five, but they had a deadly power play. They, they found ways to score goals, and, they yeah, they had elite goaltending, and that's fine. But they're still going to be good. However, the Devils did play them fairly well. They only, I want to say they only won, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I want to say they only won maybe one of those games, but they scored like seven goals on the Rangers. And what a game that was. That was fun. That was at the Rock. But you come home to Dallas, home to Philly, home to Florida. Dallas can go either way. Um, I think if Jake Ottinger stands on his head, he'll kind of propel the stars to being better. I mean, that's a whole different discussion that we'll get into later. You got Philly and Florida. Uh, not going to be completely easy. And the rest of it is just, uh, it's a, it's another like true test to see where you're at. Hopefully no slumps happen, but you have Florida at Carolina at Florida. That's just brutal. You're taught. I mean, I don't care. 
if they lost Jonathan Huberto they, and Mackenzie Wegar, they still got Matthew Kachuk. They're overall a very deep team. I don't know how they'll do under Paul Maurice, but the Florida Panthers are a good hockey team. And same with Carolina, a very deep team, very defensively structured. Um, a very tough stretch right there. And then, you know, by this point, being December, the Boston Bruins should be at full health. So the Devils will get a nice taste of the Boston Bruins at full strength. And then you end with Pittsburgh, which Pittsburgh is another very good hockey team. I think the bottom stretch of this month will be the one to watch for because of the the level of the teams that they are playing are very competitive. They're very good hockey teams. They were all playoff teams. They were all at the very top of almost the top of their division, minus the Bruins and Pittsburgh, but they still finished the season with over 100 points. Both All very good hockey teams, veteran teams. It'll be good to see where the Devils are at and how they play that specific stretch. It's six games, and I think if the Devils are rolling – I think it could go well if they're just in a in a funk. I mean, these teams are just gonna they they could very well steamroll the Devils at this point, just based on you know the level of compete that these teams kind of display. So that that'll actually be a really fun stretch of hockey to watch as a Devils fan, and just that, I mean, if, and if you're just a hockey fan, I mean, whether you're a fan of those teams or not, whether you're paying attention to the Devils or not, I mean, that's still looking at it. That's a very 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 key stretch right there just to see how they come out of the gate and we bring in the new year oh boy this is fun (laughs) this will be fun home to carolina at detroit versus st louis versus the rangers that is a busy week before you go on the road for five games and that includes the california road trip so Again, Carolina, Detroit, St. Louis, the Rangers, all very your, – your swing of very good quality hockey teams, it, it, it's still carrying on. So you have really essentially 10 games that are against good hockey teams. Again, they can all go either way. I know I've made some predictions early on when I first started this. Now it's starting to get kind of tough. <laughs> I guess I, I, I was very optimistic in the first month, and now I'm just kind of – going through but in this week i mean i'd like to say the devils take it they at least split the week i don't think they they go poorly so carolina that'll be a competitive one of course detroit the blues which i think the devil the devils played them pretty good last year can't forget dougie hamilton's wonderful overtime celebration goal that was a great hockey game too you got a nice saturday afternoon game against the Rangers on home ice before you go on the road. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say the Dells at least split that week. I'd like to at least say that. Um, I think the, I think, I mean, Carolina's good. Detroit, they've gotten better. It remains to be seen if it translates onto the ice, because as you've seen with the Devils, they've been off season winners and then it just, it, it just plummeted. And I mean, the Blues are still a very good hockey team. I mean, they, you know, granted they they might have lost Billy Hughes, so but they still have Jordan Bennington. Uh, he did end up playing better than Huso in the playoffs. Uh, they still have a very good core. Didn't really do a lot in the off season, but that's okay. Still a very good hockey team. Very good test for the Devils uh, for that Western Conference team, and and the Rangers, of course. So moving back down, you play Carolina again on the road. 
okay, well, after that, you you have a two day two days off, and then you take on your California road trip. You take on the Anaheim Ducks, the Kings, Sharks, and the Kraken. Okay. Three out of four of those teams are not playoff teams or, or very good for that matter. Uh, the Kings actually surprised probably many of us, and Jonathan Quick kind of bounced back and stood on his head. Uh, I'm hoping that trip goes well. Um, I think the Devils can really go out there, and after having that two days off, after being in Carolina and kind of come out of the gate, then again, as I as I mentioned earlier, just sometimes when you travel different, you know, you go out west, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. But the the Ducks and the Kings is a back-to-back, so you'll probably end up seeing Vanacek or Blackwood just kind of flop one of those games. I would say Vanacek, depending on who's playing better, will get the better team. Uh, then you play the Sharks, and then you get the Kraken. Um, yeah, three out of four of those, I would say, I mean, those are nothing against the ducks. I mean, I think the ducks will essentially be decent. I mean, they have some really high flying young kids on that team. And if McTavish comes in, holy crap, him and Zegras, I mean, that's just going to be just some fun hockey to watch. Uh, the Kings should be good. Uh, I mean, they're healthy. They, I mean, they underratedly have some pretty good players on that hockey team. The Sharks are the Sharks, and the Kraken actually, <laughs> that, depending how their goaltending does, I mean, that, they could actually put up some good competition the way they are structured and built. Um, they're, they're very deep in the top six. Um, it, it's like, I don't know if they're a playoff team, but they have a playoff team, like top six feel to it, if that makes sense. But that wraps that up, and then the Devils come home for two games, they take on Pittsburgh and then they take on the Vegas Golden Knights and then they go out uh, Midwest a little bit and take on the Nashville Predators and the Dallas Stars, whom they would have already faced already. That week should be a better week. Again, uh, four four pretty good hockey teams. I mean, you know, it, it, any game can go either way. That'll be another good one. You know, finally coming back home after, after a much – long road trip i mean you factor in the days where you know you're not playing but you're still not at home um it should be good between pittsburgh vegas the preds and dallas all should be very good hockey games um again it it could all go either way um it's definitely going to be another nice crucial week where you're facing good teams teams that you might not steamroll but They'll show a little compete and a little edge, but then again, you know, these are all predictions and projections. You just never know how a team's going to be playing at that time. And that concludes January. We're going to move into February, and uh, this is nice. The Devils have majority of the month on home ice. Uh, You welcome Vancouver back, Seattle. Then you go on the road for four, and then you come home for four. Uh, so Vancouver, Seattle, nice homestand. And then you go on the road to Minnesota, Columbus, the Blues, and then you come to Pittsburgh. <clears throat> After that, you got Winnipeg, Montreal, the Los Angeles Kings, and the Philadelphia Flyers, a mix of East and West. Uh, it'll be that. 
I like this month overall for the Devils. I think like some good home cooking will kind of do do them some justice. I think depending how the other months go, I think being able to play most of your games on home ice, it'll help. It'll kind of accelerate maybe their record, just kind of give them some momentum going in. But overall, I I like that month. I think some of these games are you know, very, very winnable. Like I, I'm going to say that the Kraken, uh, possibly Columbus, you just never know how they're going to be playing. I mean, I don't really even know who they have at center, to be honest, but they have a lot of like high-scoring wingers. Wierenski's on the back end. Columbus just has a way of being competitive, and it doesn't matter what they have. I mean, it's just the way they're built. I think Winnipeg's a very winnable game. Montreal... The Kings can go either way. Philly, depending how they're playing. I mean, we never know if they're going to be resurgent, but if you're basing it off of last year, they were brutal last year. So, again, I'm saying any any Philly game, I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils literally just win against the Flyers and just absolutely dominate them this season. A lot of fun teams coming to town. Obviously, Quinn Hughes and Jack, the brotherly thing. Always fun to see them. Uh, Devils fans should be excited to see the Kraken. Again, that, that's a team that, yeah, they don't have the flashiest of the flash, but at the end of the day, like they, they have a fun top six group. It's arguably one of my favorite top six groups that they have built because I think it's underrated. Like People don't talk about it because they had such a crappy season. The goaltending was bad. They, they weren't the greatest defensively, but they have – they have a nice little group of of <clears throat> uh, been years. Shane Wright got drafted. No idea what their plan is for them or for him, for that matter. You have Yanni Gord. They just got Bjorkstrand. Eberle's there. Schwartz is there. Like They have a pretty decent top six that could be really fun to watch in general just as a hockey fan. Uh, you welcome Kevin Fiala to town. Uh, you got Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki. It's just a fun month of some fun players coming into Jersey. But overall, I think the Devils really do well that month. I think they come out winning majority of those games. They got 10 games. I'd say they win more than half. I don't think they split the month. I'd say they win maybe six, lose four. Overall, not a bad February. You're getting towards you know deadline stuff, and you're kind of getting ready to Kind of see where you're at, but as I've projected, I think the Devils are playing meaningful hockey where we're at now, and that's the month of March. The Devils are going to be facing a lot of very good hockey teams. I mean, this is probably the most brutal stretch of hockey that the Devils will play all season long. You're on the road to Colorado, Vegas, and Arizona. Okay, you play Toronto, Washington, Montreal, Carolina, back-to-back against Tampa Bay, at Florida, at Tampa Bay, versus Minnesota, at Buffalo, home to Ottawa, at the Islanders, at the Rangers. What a brutal month. It almost makes that month of February must, like you need to get as many points out of that month of February as possible. Because this is is where everybody's going to be playing meaningful hockey. And out of all these teams... That they have that they are playing in this month, Arizona, Montreal, 
Buffalo, Ottawa, okay, and the Islanders. Those are the only teams, and that's one, two, three, four. That's five games that against non-playoff teams as of last season. Oh, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Make that six. The Devils have their work cut out for them, and this is going to be like a very make-it-or-break-it stretch. And I think, as I projected, the Devils will make the playoffs. The Devils will find a way to, to hold the second wild card spot. But if they want it as bad as I'm saying that they're going to get it, they need to come out in this month of March flying. This is meaningful hockey. This is this is what Andre Palat knows about. He He's been here. He's done that. He's played the meaningful hockey. It's a brutal, I mean, what a brutal five games just between Carolina, Tampa, Tampa, at Florida, at Tampa, crap, even versus Minnesota. I mean, that's just a brutal, brutal stretch. But again, it's going to be a tough test for the New Jersey Devils, and I think that they will be able to really, I think this is the make it or break it month. I I mean, if they're really clinging on to a playoff spot and they're, you know, they're jockeying with other teams, I mean, this is going to be the month that they need to play and they're going to have to play at their best because all these other teams, they're playoff teams. Majority of this schedule is playoff teams. And not only will they be fighting for seeding, they'll be fighting for their own playoff spot, holding their own playoff destiny. So it's just very important that the Devils kind of come out swinging in the month of March, I, I, you know, try not to get steamrolled there. You're going to have to play your best hockey and you're going to need your best players to be your best players. Uh, for a homestand. I mean, you got Matthews, Carolina, you get to see Tampa Bay. Uh, if you're a Tampa Bay guy and all the star power they have, it's exciting. Welcome into town. Kirill, the thrill comes to town. Ottawa's in town. You know, it's a lot of good stuff, and you end the month with a nice rivalry game against the Rangers. It's going to be a brutal month um, as a Devils fan, thinking that they're going to be playing meaningful hockey in this month. It's it excites me because now you're you you really see how the Devils will stack up against playoff like competition, and you can only hope that they literally go ahead and play these teams well enough. And even if they don't secure the win, maybe even secure a point, get something. But, wow, yeah, what a brutal – I mean, this is probably the toughest part of the schedule. Uh, I'm not saying it's easier in the beginning, but the level of competition of the teams in this month that's packed tightly, I mean, you're looking – got games like every other day. So it's – yeah, you. I mean, their longest – break is between Minnesota and Buffalo at the end where they have like a two day break. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. And that kind of concludes March. It's really tough to say like what their record will be, but it's going to be kind of gut check time for, for the New Jersey devils. So, and we move on to April, which Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left. Uh, at Chicago should be a, just a steamroll. You should pummel them. Uh, same with 
Winnipeg. Uh, two nice, tough tests at home. You got Pittsburgh and Columbus. Uh, you travel to Boston, and you have Fan Appreciation Day against the Buffalo Sabres, and you finish your season at Washington. Um, I think that's a good month for the Devils. I think they'll they'll definitely. I think I think this is a good month where they can kind of finish strong. Um, I think all these teams are going to be fighting for seeding. Uh, Pittsburgh for sure. Uh, even Columbus, I mean, you don't know necessarily how it'll work out there, but you got to know that they'll probably be better than last year, and they still had 80 points last year. Every team in the East had 100 points, so it was very – they didn't come close, but they were on the outside looking in. You know, if, if say, like a the team that hold, held the second wildcard spot, you know, had maybe like 90 points, okay, well, Columbus was only like six off. And – not really sure where Buffalo will be. And as for Washington, it would probably be the same way as Columbus and New Jersey. The, you know, you're jockeying for seeding. So those games against your metropolitan foes, depending on how it's looking like for the playoff picture, that's going to be something to really look for. Um, overall, I think, you know, the Devils have a fairly nice, easier start to the, to the season. But once you get to kind of like the nitty-gritty of March, February, like kind of after the new year. It's kind of go time for the Devils, and it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I'm definitely excited. And that's it for the schedule. Um, I hope you know other listeners, Devils fans, I hope you are just as excited about the season as I am. And... Now we can get into some fun stuff. We got the rookie camp roster. That's exciting because I think there's some prospects that you're looking to see make that jump. I don't think you'll see a bunch of them. Um, I'm going to kind of pick through. Okay, so Nemich was there. Holtz is there. Foot, Schmied, Dawes, Brennan. You won't see Brennan this year. Um, I think the way the Devils are constructed in net, I don't think many – I think you're going to see a good bit of Nico Dawes and Akira Schmid in Utica, and they're just going to develop. Just let them – just let them develop. I think Dawes was the better of the of the AHL goaltending that was up last year. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, you go to enlist Stillman, Jesper Bratt's brother. Um, I can't ever pronounce this kid's name. Nikita Okotiuk, the defenseman. That kid is slick. You got Kevin Ball. That's just a few. Out of all of these, so Nemich, they've already said he's going to start with Utica. There's no telling. I mean, if he plays so well, uh, it'll make life hard for for the Devils' management. Um, And that particularly, I would say more so, would involve Damon Severson based on the log jam that's on the right side of the blue line. But that's here nor there. Out of this whole list, out of all of the names that are on this list right now, I'm looking at Alexander Holtz. I, I'm not saying it's his time, but I think it's his time to kind of make that jump. The kid has come out in an interview. He has said, hey, like, I'm working on my overall game. That's what he wants to do. But, of course, the kid wants to score. He's got a lethal one-timer. He honestly wants to put the puck in the net, and he has the talent and the shot to do so. His offense would be ex- 
much needed for the Devils. I think it would make them deeper. It would make them balanced. I don't think he would quite get a top six role, but he could easily slot in on the third line and definitely be a presence, a nice scoring presence that the team needs. And I think it's almost time for him to make that jump and and really pitch in. I mean, you saw with Dawson Mercer, he he just played. He I mean, he just he stepped in and he had a very nice rookie season. I don't see a sophomore slump, but sometimes it does happen with guys. But Alexander Holtz, we are looking at you. You were selected above Mercer. First of all, you were you were the high draft pick out of the three in the first round that we that the team had. But we're looking at Holtz. His ceiling's high. He has the talent, has the potential. It's more of just can he come in and put it together and, and really show them, you know, that he's ready to make that leap. The other thing I noticed about this rookie camp roster is one name that wasn't on it. That, my fellow friends, is Fabian Zetterland. I'm hoping he's not on it because he has such a good chance at making the big club roster, which I would love. I like the way he ended the season. He had a very nice stretch. He he came in. He, he had a nice couple of point streaks where he kind of came in and he had a couple streak games, like three-point games, like three consecutive games where he put points on the board. But other than that, his overall game was nice too, though. He was just good on the forecheck. He was hard on pucks. He wasn't afraid to throw the body. It's just a guy in the lineup that you want in your lineup. And I'm hoping maybe that's the case why he wasn't on the rookie camp roster. But either way, for Devils fans, this is, I mean, the Devils have one of the deeper prospect pools in the league. Uh, they're at the top. Um, the ones that you know are probably most likely guaranteed to make the big club roster and probably stick. You're really Luke Hughes is starting in Michigan, but eventually he's going to make his debut, and it's going to be glorious. Nemich is waiting in the wings, and it, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what the Devils do, especially if he plays really well in the AHL. Like you could tell he's NHL ready. And you're, you're, you're waiting on Holtz. You're waiting on that scoring winger. You're waiting for him to come in. And I'm excited to see how the rookie camp goes. And I'm excited to see what kids do make the roster. I mean, you could end up seeing veteran players like Tatar and Janssen just traded away, making room for these young guys that are ready. Um, I think if I had my choice, I mean, I'm not a manager. It's not my job. I'm just here as a fan talking about it. But I would honestly like to go out on a limb and say that I would trade both those wingers away and I would hopefully like to bring in uh, Zetterlin and Holtz and put them on the third line with Eric Hall. That that would be my choice. But then again, it's not mine. Um, The biggest complication with the whole defense thing is just what do you do with Damon Severson? Uh, that'll be totally an ongoing conversation because if you do have Nemich ready, uh, John Marino, you just traded for him. He's got five years. Yeah, we talked about this in the last pod. Someone actually dropped the hot take. It, it makes it tricky, especially if you're if you're trying to cling on to a playoff spot. Damon Severson obviously makes you a better team, but do you lose him for nothing or do you trade him for something and hope that Nemich can kind of slide in and you slide Marino up with Siegenthaler. That's just how it 
would turn out. I mean, that's just what it would be. That's just what it would do. Um, But that is it for rookie camp. And now that we are done there, there is some hockey news that I will probably just touch on uh, briefly. So I'm just going to jump right into the Dallas Stars real quick. Um, Those are the ones that are right on the top of my head. So... They finally did it. They finally signed Jake Ottinger to a three-year contract. It's a great deal. It's three years. I believe it's like $4.3 million, which is fine. Um, I predicted he would probably get $4.75 or $4.85, somewhere closer to like Ville Huso type money. But overall, great deal for the Stars. It's three years. He, he is the starting goalie. There is nobody else. Um you're hoping that he takes his play from the playoffs and continues that as he elevates his game. So overall, finally glad they got that done. And Jim Nill is back for one more year, so he's got this season and next, which is fine. I think he's he hasn't draft he he's drafted fairly well. The Stars do have some very exciting prospects. I just think they're in such a weird spot. I think they're one of those teams that they they have this youthful core of Miro Haskinen, Rupe Hints, Jason Robertson, and Jake Ottinger. But then you have like these veterans that you're paying them a bunch of money, but like it's not resulting you in anything. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, if Vegas didn't play as bad as they did and Leonard didn't go down, I don't think Dallas makes the playoffs. Um, their top line contributed to more than half their goal scoring, which isn't even a recipe for success. They were in a really bad defensive system. So I think under Pete DeBoer, you might see better play overall from your veterans like Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan. And your the problem is you're also banking on a bunch of guys to pan out at this point. You're banking on them to bounce back and play better, which is fine. But if that doesn't happen, like then what do you do? He signed a bunch of guys to high-dollar contracts, and they have no movement clauses. It, it is what it is. I think they'll be better under Pete DeBoer and his more offensive system. I think he'll kind of get guys to be playing better. But all in all, I mean, you just it, – it's tough. I, I feel for Stars fans. I've come across a bunch of them. They're great people. They're super friendly, that fan base. But you, you're – you got to somewhat hope that you can kind of clear some of these guys out and make room for these prospects. Maybe give the young guys the key. Get more youth that can actually score goals. I mean, they they enter the playoffs with a negative goal differential. It's not really a recipe for success. And Otten just stood on his freaking head all, all series. But that is what it is. And that brings me to Jason Robertson. He's not signed yet. They only have $6.3 million left. And based on what Stutzla, Thompson, and Kairou signed, Kairou, I think, might be maybe a little bit of a better player than Robertson, but he Robertson's produced more than Thompson and Stutzla, and they make he should make more than probably both of them. Stutzla, ironically, makes more than Jack Hughes, and Jack Hughes has been more productive. So it's more laughable that Hughes has his $8 million contract, and that's going to look like a bargain in a couple of years. But... You can't afford to not sign Robertson. 
Like you have to sign him. He he's your best. Fo- he's arguably your best forward. And I know Rupe Hintz is a better two way player, and he plays center. But Joe Pavelski isn't going to do this forever. He's not going to play this way forever. I love Joe Pavelski. I think he does all the little things right. But you need to sign Jason Robertson. You can't go into the season not signing him. I would say sign the kid to a bridge deal, make it two years, up his AAV or however much money he wants, and literally go ahead and just when Ben's contract comes off the books, just slide that money over and make it simple. Make it easy on yourself. Just just slide the money over and just give him the high cap hit. It'll be the same thing. You'll just transfer the money, and it'll be fine. Um, so uh, the Colorado Avalanche, uh, Nathan McKinnon, I don't know if he's necessarily close to a contract, but talks are ongoing, and there's really nothing to report other than talks are ongoing, but it's definitely going to be a double-digit value. Okay, everyone kind of might exaggerate only because he makes $6 million. Nathan McKinnon makes $6 million. Okay, yeah, of course he's going to get double digits. He's arguably one of the arguably one of the best players in the league. He's been one of the top point producers over the last five seasons. So, yeah, he's going to get a significant raise. What that looks like, nobody knows, but it will be, I would say, close to Connor McDavid-like money, which is fine. If that's how, if that's what you want to do, but that is fine. Um, it's exciting. The Nate Dog is a great player to watch. He's electric. He's dynamic. He's fast. I'm actually going to be able to see him live this year, and I'm very excited about it. Um, and aside from that, you just got a couple teams with some new jerseys. Carolina's bringing back the OG jersey for their alternate, and the San Jose Sharks did a full revamp which will actually be kind of exciting overall because their old jerseys I thought were kind of bland. There wasn't a lot going on, but now the new ones are pretty pretty solid. So kind of excited to see like how that goes, you know, how it looks on the ice. You know, you see jerseys and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Nah, okay, on the ice they don't look as good. Which is kind of like the devil's alternate. It looks like crap just on a hanger, but like when they wear them on the ice, it's like, okay, like, you know what? That's kind of come on to me a little bit. I kind of like it. So that's really it for news. Uh, Other than Tyler Mott also signed a one year deal with the Ottawa Senators, Ottawa should be a very fun team to watch. I mean, they've they've made a lot of moves. I, I, a lot of people are hyping them up, which I get it. This is probably the most they've done since their collapse after they lost to Pittsburgh in that playoff round. So uh, it, it is exciting for that fan base. Like as like, I mean, I don't have a favorite Canadian team, but if I had to pick one, it'd be Ottawa. I, I just always enjoyed watching them play. They had a lot of good players, created a lot of cool memories. But Mott fills a need on the fourth line and just kind of gives that lineup more balance. Their top six, arguably, I mean, we they haven't played a down yet together or a period, so you don't know how they'll play. But on paper, it's it's one of the better looking top sixes. So 
that will be fun to watch. So rock on to Ottawa for making moves and making things happen. But that is everything I have for this episode uh, publicly for an announcement. Uh, pretty much when the season does start, I'll probably be doing two episodes a week. Uh, try and have the episodes out either on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and same with Saturday night, Sunday morning. I'll have new segments. Um, if there's games on Tuesday, obviously be doing previews for what comes afterwards. You know, same with Saturday. And a new segment will be coming in, and it's going to be called Star of the Week. Uh, just kind of talking about, you know, who the best player during that week of schedule based on how I'm recording, you know, what player did the most, how they impacted the team, uh, just, you know, what did they do that was that kind of gave the team some edge. Even if it's a four-game losing streak, like what did they do to go ahead and shine brightly? So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited for the season to start. Uh, it's kind of obviously content isn't the easiest when you don't have a season going on. You're just kind of seeing what's going on. But as we're getting closer to hockey season, there's there's plenty to talk about. So cool to do the schedule breakdown, talk about the rookies, and dive into some other hockey topics. But that is all I have for this week. Everyone enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Football Sunday, and I'll catch you next time. Thank <laughs> you.